0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in the ancestors. I'd like to call out all of those ancestors who dreamt of a better future so that you emerged here on this planet. I call out to all of those ancestors who lived well and who died well and were able to cross over to the other side and to come back to us as helping spirits. I call out to all of those ancestors who bring that which is good and true and beautiful into our ancestral lines. And I call out to those ancestors all of those who understood the deeper restoration of the spirit. And I ask them to come and teach us here today to be present with us. So I call out to these ancestors to gather round, to circle round us in this day that we might do what needs to be done. And so as we reach down through our body and through our feet into the earth and connect with the planet... We give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we experience it to the face of this planet in the stories of so many shamanic cultures, creation, mythology. So we call out to the earth and we give thanks to her for this beautiful life. For the interconnection of things all around that allow the many diverse ecosystems to exist around the world. We give thanks for connection and grounding and belonging, and we give deep thanks to the earth for a place that we can call home. And we give thanks for the interconnectedness of the great web of life and for those opportunities in our day that we might find ourselves in that oneness and know our place in that great web. So give thanks to the earth for dreaming up a way of life that humans could experience that would allow the possibility for transformation and change. So we give thanks to the earth for this great generosity and for the wisdom of manifestation that she offers. And as we draw this energy up into our body and continue up from the heart to the head and out into the sky, out to the atmosphere and the cosmos, all the way into the spirit realms of above, and we connect to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name we call that power, let us call out to it from our hearts and call it down. And draw this energy down into our day, into these proceedings, into our body, into our life, calling in blessing and generosity, calling in benevolence and beneficence, calling in protection and allowing yourself to go out, go about your day, knowing that the blessings and protection and all that you need is present because you have drawn it into yourself and into your day you've anchored it into your head and into your heart and into your belly and allowed that energy of the sky to come into you and to mix with the energy of the earth and bring to you all the wisdom of the cosmos and with these energies alive and dancing within you the energy of the earth the energy of the sky bringing you all that you need to do what you need to do here today to allow these energies to spark and awaken the heart And we call out to the spirit of the heart to be with us here today and to be the great crucible that it is that can bring the fiery passions of the belly together with the crystal clarity of the mind and bring these energies together in a way that can give birth to a third energy as yet unknown to the world, your soul's unique purpose. And may you find the courage in this day to live that purpose and to bring your gifts to the world. So we give thanks for the spirits gathering round. May what needs to be said be said, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may all these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So I want to give thanks to all of my guests throughout the year and to the SSP for supporting the interview shows. Um, I also want to give thanks to you listeners for the questions and the ideas for shows and the rich interaction that you offer for the show and how that's helped the show to grow and to develop. And I also want to give thanks to those of you that donate to keep the show on the air. It was my goal this year to be able to um, have the show be 100% listener supported. And I'll let you know next week whether or not we reached that goal. So I want to give thanks to David and to all of the listeners who have donated to the show because it is you that really helped us to keep it on the air. And so if you want to become one of those supporting listeners, it doesn't matter. You're welcome to support small amounts and large amounts. They're all greatly appreciated. And all you need to do is go to whyshamanismnow.com and click the support button and offer any amount that you choose to. And if you are uncomfortable paying via the internet, you are welcome to email me at at christinaatlastmasscenter.org. And I would be happy to offer you um, an address to mail a good old-fashioned check. And I give great gratitude to all of you who have donated throughout the year. If this show moves you in any way, the essence of shamanism is allowing ourselves to be moved by the heart and to allow the wisdom of the heart to inform us in our actions in the day. So if this show moves you in any way, even into profound irritation, that's perfectly fine, but it has moved you. And if it does move you in the heart, may your heart move you into action and may those actions be to support the show in some way. And I thank you for it. So today's show... Um, is not live, I'm sorry, we're actually taping today. However, if you are moved by this show and have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And the show today is Shamanism and the Renewal of Spirit. So how do we fill the well of our well-being? Especially when we feel tired, cold, and exhausted. How do we restore our link to life and to our purpose and to our spirit? We discussed restoring our own link to life and our own humanity on December 6th. And we talked about engaging with the archetypes of the man and the woman and the child and the sage. And really igniting our relationship with our humanness. And we discussed renewing our link to purpose and meaning on the 13th of December and engaging the healer and the warrior, the teacher, leader, and the visionary. And this week, we're discussing replenishing the link to our spirit. And all of these links are, are can be frayed or cultivated by the choices that we make in life. And this time is a time in the cycle of the year, at least for those living in the Northern Hemisphere, to renew those links and to restore those connections and replenish those pathways we don't often or always take the time to walk in our busy days. So as adults, we tend to struggle in a dynamic between feeling the desire for more experience, wanting to go out and do things. And the need to return and touch the root of our essence to replenish and restore. And so there is always this dynamic tension between that desire for the experience and the need to restore ourselves. You know, the restoration to replenish, to reconnect with our root, it's just not very sexy. Doing things in the world, engaging, connecting, that always seems sexier somehow. And yet it is that restoration, that time going within that restores the deep well that we draw from that allows our spirit to radiate through us throughout the year so culturally the desire for experience wins most the time it's just sexier and we tend not to take the time to reach the source that inspires our spirit unless we are forced to by illness exhaustion or a breakdown even then Even when we are debilitated by illness, we rarely spend enough time in that place of the root of our essence to fill the well and truly remember why we are here. So how do we replenish our link with our spirit? The return is a Taoist term for the natural turning inward, the natural call to leave the day today and to remember to return to the source and touch again into the reason that we are here. Now, winter is the season of the return, but we can certainly choose to live our life where there is a return in each hour, a return in each day, a return in each week, each month, that that it is part of living a balanced life, but but in the larger sense of the whole cycle of life, the winter time, whenever it comes for you, depending on where you are on the planet, the winter is the time of the deep return. It is a time to rest and slow down. And for most people, just slowing down in and of itself is the challenge. We think all we need to do is to catch up on some sleep or restart our daily meditation practice. It's just something simple like that. We just need to, you know, get it together. But we miss the point that these things in and of themselves are not the return. What they do is they hold space for it. For others, the chronic exhaustion and fatigue is the challenge. Not the inability to slow down, but the inability to do anything. And this is the other side of the not able to slow down coin. They are two sides of the same imbalance in life both require the same journey to remedy that imbalance. That we are deeply, the imbalance comes because we are deeply in debt to ourselves. And we're deeply, deeply in debt for spending time at our mountain and at replenishing our lake. And that is what the return is for. And the mountain and the lake are Taoistic ideas that we'll explore here today. So to return and replenish, we must return to our mountain and go into the source of our deepest dreaming. And by deepest dreaming, I mean to return to the dream that called you here. It seems to our rational minds so counterproductive when we are worried about finding a job or paying our bills or worried about our home or worried about healing from a chronic illness or we find ourselves in addiction again. It seems so counterproductive for someone to say, stop, slow down, return to that which gives your life meaning or purpose. And yet, if we cannot go back to our mountain and touch that in deep reason for why we are here, we don't have then the resources to address any of these other everyday life situations. Because none of these concerns about jobs or homes or chronic illness or addiction or any of the challenges that we face, working too much, not being able to get ourselves to work because we're too depressed, all of these states of being are options for life. But none of them have any direct relationship to why we are here and the return is about returning to why we are here. And sometimes we need to walk away from it all, at least internally, to find our way back to our mountain in the deepest dreaming and remember our spirit. So what is this mountain? What is our mountain? Our mountain is the root energy of why we are here. And it's a mountain because it's that sense of, um, for those of you that don't live with mountains, it's not a very good metaphor, I, I admit. But out here in Oregon, we have enormous volcanic mountains um, that, that rise up from the land and are right now are covered with snow. And they are these great peaks with these wide, wide bases. And it's that sense of stability and presence and and the ability to have this strong base and rise up. That is the way that we want to feel when we touch our reason for being here, that it is rooted in this strong base and it just wants to rise up and reach to the sky and express itself with such great foundation and um, presence. So thus the mountain. So the mountain is a a metaphor for our root energy of why we are here. And it is the place within ourselves that we can touch back to the reasons that we came into this existence. So I'm going to share a poem here. Not a poem, actually, it's just a statement. Now and again, it is necessary to seclude yourself among deep mountains and hidden valleys to restore your link to the source of life. Breathe in and let yourself soar to the ends of the universe. Breathe out and let the cosmos back inside. Next, breathe up all the fecundity and vibrancy of the earth. And finally, blend the breath of heaven and the breath of earth with that of your own, becoming the breath of life itself. That is about the mountain. And at the mountain, at the base of the mountain, there is a lake. And the lake is a reservoir of the energy that you will draw on to support you in the next cycle of your life. So what is necessary to feed the lake? To answer that question, we first need to remember that we are human and that we need to attend every day to the care and the maintenance of being human. it I've had reason lately to be shocked. Yes, shocked in all of this craziness of the wintertime. Shocked by, by the contrast between the fact that every culture we know of at its high point had these Practices these energy practices that allowed the cultivation of the human. And yet somehow today, people seem to think they should be able to have exactly the life they want, the partner they want, know their soul's purpose, and have great abundance in their life, and have no practice. I've been shocked by this lately, this, this sense of entitlement, that I am entitled to everything and I need not give anything. And I think that these, these places of confusion and misunderstanding are being heightened right now because we, the people, we, humanity, we, the people of the planet, are moving right now, whether we want to or not. And one of the things that we need to understand is the everyday care and maintenance of being a human. And the human being needs to cycle through its year, every year. And we emerge in the spring coming out with who we are, New Year's resolutions and all. Through our summer, we live and learn and express ourselves fully, hopefully. And in the fall, we harvest those learnings and the self-awareness from our life as we rest from the height of summer activities. And in the winter, we go within and return to our deepest self. And that is the care and maintenance of the human And so when we extend our activity through the fall and expect to use the winter to rest, we miss that opportunity for the return to go beyond the rest into the deep restoration and the deep replenishment of the energy of our lake. So I have a lake, you have a lake. I have a mountain, you have a mountain. And I need to know how to get there. You need to know how to get there. I need to not lose the path to my mountain by how I live my life. I need to not lose the way to the lake by the choices that I make and what I do and don't do in my life. So what happens if you don't know how to reach your deepest self in the dreaming? What if you don't allow yourself to return year after year to restore the lake and to reconnect at the mountain and restore your knowing of why you are here. When we don't do that, we grow disconnected from why we are here, from life and its purpose and its meaning. We grow excessive either in our overactivity or our exhaustion. Life becomes all about our work or our healing, but it's no longer about life. And so when we don't reach back, we don't take this time of year to step away and to go within and to make it and to go within long enough, deeply enough, uh, courageously enough to find our way back. And some of us, it takes some serious bushwhacking to clear the path back to your mountain and your lake. So what feeds the lake? I personally love the lake. It's my nature to love the lake. I admit I'm a little inclined to it because I am an exceedingly emotional person. I don't consider that good or bad, but I lean towards the lake in my natural way of being. So the lake is fed by activities that allow us to engage with our emotional life. And this is very, very uncomfortable for many people. I realize that, that, that there are many messages that have been handed down culturally from many different cultures. Some are gender specific, some are not, but they, they make us, they distort our natural relationship with our emotional life and our emotional self. But what is important to understand is it doesn't matter what anyone told you. By now, you have figured out most of it is misinformation anyway, I'm sure, Your lake is fed by your willingness to engage in your emotional life. So, examples of activities that feed the lake is to connect with things that you truly care about. And by extension, disconnect from the things you don't really care about. Do things that are fun, do things that are playful, engage in things that you may lose at. Do games that have no winners. Play. Laugh. Have fun. Other activities are simply to rest. Sleep without an alarm to wake you up. Nap when you feel you need to nap. And for some, true rest comes from taking a walk out in nature. Being in the noisy silence of nature. Hearing those natural sounds. And allowing your senses, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your skin. Allowing your senses to rest. And be filled with natural sounds and natural sights. Natural feelings on your skin. Natural scents and tastes. So sometimes a walk in nature can be a way to rest. To rest your senses. You can connect with those people that you tend to spend heartfelt time with. That's different for everyone, but be with them. Be with the people that move your heart and warm your heart. Do physical activities that nourish your heart. Maybe it's dancing, maybe it's singing, maybe it's making stuff. Do it simply because it nourishes your heart. Do things that have no greater purpose than this simple experience of doing them. These are the kinds of things that allow us to begin to fill the lake. Meditation, chanting, new forms of meditation that maybe aren't what you do all year round. Maybe a new chant. Maybe meditating with mandalas. Or learning sacred songs and singing them so long you sing yourself into trance. You could read sacred love poetry by Rumi to your beloved. Or allow sacred love poetry to flow out of you and write it down. Qigong and other forms of yoga can be used to restore the lake. Being out in nature, that can restore the lake. Loving, to risk loving deeply from the heart of the spiritual adult, that restores the lake. Now and again, it is necessary to seclude yourself among deep mountains and hidden valleys to restore your link to the source of life. Yes, now and again, it is necessary to seclude ourselves from ourself, from that beautiful destiny-driven self. Sometimes we need to walk away from that self and go in the other direction. I see this very elementally with people that I work with. The emotional body and the emotions themselves are often manifest in my journeys as water. And so I can see in the journey how the water is perhaps frozen or dammed or stagnant or polluted or whatever, all these different manifestations um, of water, whether they are in excess or scarcity. Um, And what the water always needs is simply to flow. And so when the water of our emotional life is allowed to flow through these activities, we are released from what was undone in the here and now. Um, Experiences get to complete themselves. Emotions we've held get to flow. That which was holding us out of this space and this time gets to run its course. These emotions flow. And when we're no longer held in that place that is not the here and now, we are able to return to the deep waters of our soul when we can release that which is stuck or damned, or polluted or stagnant or frozen. We are able to return to the deep waters of our soul. And those deep waters are the waters that fill the lake and reconnect us to the source. It is these deep waters that support us when we go back into our everyday life and live. These waters support us to live in a way that cultivates well-being and expresses our purpose in being here. In other words, these waters support us in living a nourishing life. So if it is your tendency to be excessively active, your well is most likely empty. If it is your tendency to be unable to act to be depressed or um, focused out of need in healing, in your own healing, then it is very likely that the waters are stagnant or potentially even polluted. The important thing to understand, even though these two states of being overactive or unable to act seem to be different and to need different remedies, the truth is the remedy for both is balance. And the way that we restore that balance is to abandon either life. Either the one of too much work or the one of too much healing. And to walk away from it and follow that path back. Back to our mountain and back to our lake. So your mountain then is your connection to why you are here. It is an expression of the source as you are an expression of the source. So the mountain is an expression of the source and in particular, it is your purpose, your reason for being here as it arose from the dreaming. So there's a great dream that dreams reality into existence and that you and your purpose were dreamt into existence by that dreaming and when we touch back to that call that call from the dreaming that called you here. We touch back. You can touch back to why you have come. So from soul retrieval sessions that I've done with, you know, many, many different people over a couple decades, I have seen that there is a part of each of us whose job it is to stay connected to the source. And unfortunately, many of us lose connection to that part of ourself. And in that, we lose the guide who knows the way back to the mountain and back to the lake. And it's somewhat of a sad state of affairs, except for the fact that that part of yourself can be brought back. And you can reintegrate and know what you have always known. So the source energy is innate and natural. And in that, it is wild. It doesn't always conform to religious prescriptions, Sometimes we put children in situations where they have to choose between the wild authenticity of their connection to the source and the mountain and the lake and the great connection to that which is natural and innate within them. And sometimes we make them choose between that, that wild authenticity, and the religious ideas that are held by the family. What we don't understand today in the world is that the source can't conform. It is the source of all things. It doesn't conform to anyone's ideas of who it is. And everyone's idea of the source is less than the source. Because the source is big enough to be all of those ideas at once and none of them. And the child then put in this position to choose between the source and the family is in a predicament because a child actually needs the family. An adult actually doesn't. Doesn't so, I mean you don't want one, but you don't need one to survive, and a child does. So the split often occurs to accommodate both needs simultaneously, since the loss of either the connection to the source or the connection to the family feels life threatening. So in that moment of survival, Many children lose their innate connection to the source. And so the part of ourself that stays connected to the source stays, and the rest of us moves on and stays connected with the family and fits in. And in that moment, we lose our innate connection to the source, to the mountain, to the lake. And as adults, we then turn to others to reconnect us, to explain what we already understood about God and what we used to know in our bones. So what's important for us to do is to recover the part of ourself that knows the way to the source because he or she has never let go. The source replenishes and restores us. And yet, in a contemporary culture, at least in the Western world, we are encouraged to withdraw from the source. And we are encouraged, subtly, to withdraw from the source because in its wild, authentic nature, it gets us in trouble. We don't fit in. We don't follow the dogma. We don't follow the protocol. And so we are encouraged to withdraw from the source and connect with something that is more acceptable. And then... As a result, we end up in codependent and addictive relationships and in our misguided efforts to try to reestablish our relationship to the source through these other people or things. So our connection to the source deeply matters and our ability to find our way there is really part of the core of our well-being. The source itself given its very name, replenishes and restores us. It replenishes and restores that which matters. So the activities that fill the lake do so because they facilitate an open relationship with the source. Back to that idea of getting the things that we're stuck on in our emotional body flowing again so that we're able to move deeper into the source, the source waters that can replenish and restore. One of the pieces of working um, in the Dagra tradition with Maladoma Somme that I thought was so deeply insightful is in their elemental system. It's a five-element system. The water has two colors. It has the blue and the black, And so there are shallow waters and the issues of the shallow waters and there are the deep waters. And in a sense, this time, this time of the return is about doing the activities that allow those shallow waters of our life to flow, that allow the everyday emotions and issues and things to flow and be resolved and move so that we can wade out through those shallow waters back into the depths and connect in through our heart to the deep, deep dreaming, to that which restores and replenishes. And for many of us with the busyness of our lives or the attention to our continual healing, those blue waters are filled with frozen feelings and damned feelings and stagnant energies or depleted energies. And that those blue waters need to be moving so that we can get through them into where the water turns black. And we are able to move finally into the deep restorative darkness. So when we chronically choose not to return to the source, we take from that well until it runs dry. And then most of us keep taking. And this is starting to be diagnosed as um, states of deep exhaustion or yin depletion. Um, But what's important to understand is that most of our healthcare systems have no idea how to actually deal with this. But when that well has run dry... To keep going is like trying to drive a car with an empty gas tank. There simply is no gas in the tank, and yet many of us continue taking. And when we do that, we move into a false Yong expression. So to express ourselves in the world is Yong. But when we try to give from a depleted well and an empty reservoir... By definition, our expression, no matter how well intended, no matter how guided by spirit, no matter how much beauty in it, will not be what it is meant to be because it is a false expression. And I've had a little confusion around Last Mass Center this winter because I'm closed for business. But this is why. Because if I can't take time to restore the reservoir, no matter how inspired I am by the work that I do, no matter how much I love what I teach, no matter how guided I am by spirit, no matter how much my heart is truly in all that I do, if I am drawing from a deep well, those actions will be distorted by the very fact that yang, coming out of yin depletion, is always false. It can't not be. So when we continue in this way, drawing from an empty reservoir and expressing, continuing to express in spite of the false nature of those expressions, we move from the false yang into a deeply false yin situation of not valuing ourselves, not valuing ourselves enough to hold back some energy for ourselves, and not acting in ways that replenish our reservoir. And in that state of depletion, we will often call in an illness to force us to slow down and return to the source. And this is why the care and maintenance of the human being comes into play. Part of it is simply understanding that we are meant to cycle through the seasons of each year And that part of the activity that is right and natural for this time of year is the return to find our way back to that part of ourselves who knows the way first and to let him or her lead us back to our mountain and back to our lake and to have the courage to look at that lake and say, oh, crap it's really down this year. I can remember there's a period of time that I was driving back and forth past Lake Tahoe a lot. And we were in a huge drought situation out here in the West. And man, that stripe of Brown around that gorgeous Lake just kept going down and down every year. And there's a feeling when you see that, Oh crap. Right. And when we go back to our mountain and see our Lake, it can be frightening. We need to be willing to see that and to acknowledge it. And then acknowledging of that empty reservoir, that empty lake, allows our whole body to relax in that anxiety that we have got going. Because our body is trying to tell us, I can't do this anymore in a good way, and yet we're doing it anyway. But when we go back to the mountain and we see the lake and we see the reservoir is empty, we go, oh, Right, I get it. It's time now to commit time and energy to the activities that will restore the lake. And it's really best to do that before you call in an illness that shoves you there. Because now you have that to deal with, as well as the restoration of the lake. And dealing with chronic illness... And constantly be, or just illness after illness, a a sequence of um, serial illness is another way of not being able to return to the source because we're so busy focusing on our healing, we might as well have a job. And so, either way, we are actively engaged in our everyday life in a way that does not allow us to return to the source that would replenish us and give us the energy for healing. And the energy for alignment with our true purpose and our true reason for being here. So to actually replenish the well and restore our life force, we must return to things and activities that require non-success, that require not knowing, and that require stumbling. We must live again in the insecurity and the lostness of reaching back into the deep dreaming where only our soul really knows the language and the custom and the mind must sit back and be quiet because all it can do is get in the way. Our essential dream of life lives in this place with the mountain and the source and the lake. And it it is part of that great wildness, our dream of life. It can't conform. And the other thing we must understand about our essential dream of life, it is not competent. It isn't confident. It is unknown. So to replenish the well, we must move into ourselves where we are uncertain and unformed. To where we are not yet whole. And not even known to ourselves. And this is really scary for a lot of people. But we need to not be afraid of the parts of ourselves we don't know yet. We need to not be afraid of the dark. We need mostly to not be afraid of feeling incompetent and not confident. And to not admit that we do not know. Because my work focuses on people and their soul's purpose, I see this conflict so often. People want so dearly to know their soul's purpose, to know it and to feel confident in it because they're now going to move their life towards making it happen, that the very state of mind and being that they want and they demand is what keeps their soul's purpose from being known. But if we were to return, to go into that place where we are not feeling competent, we don't know the language and the customs in our strange, deep inner world in the darkness, we are unknown. We are uncertain and unformed and not yet whole and unknown to ourselves. There we will find the purpose we're not yet clear of. This is a time to rest and to play, and to do things that don't matter, things that are just fun. Start a dance class, learn to sing, paint a wall in your house with a favorite story from your childhood. It doesn't matter if you can paint. Another thing to do here to restore, to be in this place of darkness and the mountain and the lake, and to find why you are here, is to love. Love. Explore the realm of your emotions. For most people, this is truly a realm of uncertainty, vulnerability, and not knowing. So if you want to go through the most direct path to find your soul's purpose and why you are here, love. Move fully and deeply into the realm of your present time emotions, not wandering about in all your unresolved childhood stories. I mean right now, in the moment, risk loving. For most of us, that brings us right into uncertainty, right into vulnerability and not knowing. And that is how you get back to your mountain. And that is how you touch again that deep-rooted essence energy of why you are here. So go within. Open your heart and find your mountain. This is the place where the dream of the child becomes the restoration Of the adult. This is the place where we don't know what we are doing, but we do it anyway because it feeds the well. We step into the darkness and touch the root of life, of hope, and of our dreams. So when we are willing to leave the comfort of resting, Catching up on our sleep, restarting our meditation practice, getting back to our Qigong, returning to our painting that is left um, off to the side in our extra room. So, when we're willing to leave the comfort of those things we're doing simply to rest and kind of catch up with ourselves and begin to wade out through that blue water of our life and to step off the edge into the deep. Blackwater, to step into the vulnerability and the humility of the darkness. And the source is able to begin to fill the reservoir of who we are. And the well of our own well-being can be restored. This realm of darkness and love and dreams and the deep well of the source is not really a human realm. And yet, We are not alone there. We can be met there by the archetypal energies of the lover and the hermit and of true yin and true yang. As with all archetypal energies, we can journey to these energies and work with them as we would work with helping spirits. For those of you that don't journey, you can perhaps call them forth in your own inner meditations. But these are the four archetypal energies that complete the counsel of the spiritual adult. And in each of these four shows, uh, sorry, three shows here in December of this year, we've talked each show about four of the main counsel that must sit at the table and help you as an adult to make wise and healthful restorative decisions. So the challenge with this group of archetypes is that you must loosen your grip on being a human and allow yourself to extend out into your more cosmic or eternal self. This is not so much to space out... It's really just to ask the question, what would I be if I weren't human? And to allow yourself to focus more in the spirit and not so much on the embodiment. So in the first show about renewal, we talked about renewing life. And so we were really talking about being human. And now we're talking about being spirit and restoring our connection to spirit and in the middle show, we talked about purpose, which is why the spirit has chosen to be here in the human form. And so all of these elements of who we are, why we are here, our connection to our spirit, but are also our connection to our humanity. These things all need to be restored at this time. In In this time of the return and the renewal, all these aspects of ourselves need to be the link to each needs to be restored. It needs to feel lush and abundant so that the energy flows through these relationships and fills the lake. And when the lake is full, then we have the deep, deep resource that we need. It's kind of like the cool, endless groundwater, clear and clean and available to sustain us as we go through the year. Which isn't to say that we don't need to do our practice and live in ways that continue to cultivate and restore our energy. But without this deep return each year, that level in the reservoir just goes down as if there's a great drought, cycle after cycle after cycle of life. And so the challenge with this particular group of archetypal energies is that you really have to kind of loosen your grip on being a human and let go of all of those stories and open up to the energy of the lover, open up to the energy of the hermit and open up to the energy of true yin and true yang, which are perhaps the most cosmic of them all. And the importance is that these four energies complete the inner counsel of the spiritual adult. And humanity needs spiritual adults to walk the high road of the path that we are all on together. We all being humanity. So we need spiritual adults to walk the high road of the path that we are all on together or the next world will be an awful lot like this one. We each need to know the lover to connect with the depth and meaning for healthy adult reasons Not the continuing attempts to meet the wounded child's needs. Meet her needs now. Meet his needs now. You are the only one who truly can. Stop telling the story and waiting for someone else to show up. Show up for yourself now. Meet the needs of that wounded child so that you can truly come to dance with the lover and to explore that wise information about connection and interconnection and the great web of life and how the heart moves in all the realms and connects us in in a good way. We each need to know the hermit. We need to know when to disconnect, when to seek solitude, and how to become a person whose company we thoroughly enjoy. The hermit energy helps us understand how to be with ourselves wholly, with acceptance and without judgment, and to be sacred in that space. To be with ourselves, unknown and known, expressed and unexpressed, but simply to know when it is time to step into solitude and to disconnect from the world in a healthy way. We each need to know what true yin and true yang feel like as they are experienced through the human body. And we need to reach in our every action for those true expressions. And for me in my life, that challenge, that standard, that requirement by my life step into true yin and true yang was really impossible without a practice and it was only through my practice and feeling how these archetypal forms allowed me to connect with these archetypal energies that I began to be able to understand what they are what they feel like what they ask of us to express themselves uh, through humans So, we each need to know these energies. Just as we need to know the adult woman, the adult man, the child, and the sage, the teacher, the healer, the warrior, and the visionary, we all need to know the lover inside. We all need to know the hermit inside. We all need to know the essence of true yang energy inside the expression and the creativity and the ability to be truly ourselves. And we all need to know the true yin inside, the deep inner knowing, restoration and replenishing energy that allows us to be dependable and trustworthy to ourselves. We all need to know these energies as well. And when we do know these energies, we have wise counsel for the person that we are moving through our life and living that life needing to make decisions every single day of where we place our resources, where we place our love, where we place our energy, where we place our money. That these decisions need to be guided not by habit, not by expectation, not by duty, not by cultural norms. They need to be guided by the wise inner counsel of the spiritual adult. This next cycle of life, meaning this next year, This next year that we go into. This next cycle of life will call greatness out of every one of us. We will be forced to find the courage to ask, What is the greatest good for all life? and to act on that answer. We will be forced out of roles. We will be forced out of groups. We will be forced by the needs of reality to ask beyond ourselves, What do I want? What does my group need? to ask what is the greatest good and how do I serve that? This next cycle of life will call greatness out of every one of us. Whether we feel ready for that greatness or not, it is the time to live what we truly believe and only that. It takes great courage to live from our beliefs, to do what has heart and meaning and to forsake other expenditures of our energy. But this next cycle of life will demand that of all of us. Life can no longer tolerate our fence sitting. Humanity has great, unique power in our free will and it is our fence sitting, our waffling about, our choosing the easy path That has brought all of life on this planet to this place now. And humanity is moving. Humanity is waking up. But we are waking up to the journey ahead. And there is a journey ahead of us. And this next cycle of life will call greatness out of us. Every one of us. And it will require courageous hearts. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. Only love can do that. And this next cycle of life will require great courage of heart. We will need to stand in our vulnerability and our uncertainty and in the unknown and believe In our actions, show our belief in the power of the heart because only love can do what needs to be done. And I do not mean that in any simplistic sense. To love in this way, to love all life in this way, is the greatest act of courage. And this next cycle of life will require nothing less from each one of us. This next year will require greatness from each one of us. It will require the willingness to sacrifice. It will require the willingness to sacrifice things we think identify us. It will require the willingness to sacrifice things we thought we could not live without. But it will require sacrifice because that is the exchange in the void between humans and and the spirit world. And we cannot do what we are being asked to do by life without the help of spirit. And so with each sacrifice, your life requires you to make, make it with an open heart and demand the exchange across that void. Call spirit in and ask for the help that you need. Because this next cycle of life will call greatness out of every one of us. And for us to do what we have come here to do, we need the help of spirit. And it is sacrifice. By us that allows that spirit energy to flow through. And this next cycle will require greatness of each of us. And it will require of us the courage to express our true uniqueness. We may be asked to step in to who we are before we ourselves know who he or she is. There's no more planning, people. There is no more time. Now is the time. And we are all being asked to do what we have come here to do. So, if we are going to be able to do that, if we are going to be able to meet this next year and all that it will ask of us, we must go in now. We must return to our mountains. We must restore the lake. We must prepare for the journey ahead. We must go with the lover and the hermit in, and to find an ever deeper reason to love ourselves, to fall in love again with why we are here, and feel that essential excitement of a child with their whole life ahead of them, because that is the reason that you exist, and life in all of its many forms needs nothing less from you now but the true reason that you have come into this life. To rise to the moment in this time that we have chosen to live in, we must restore our link to our life force. We must renew our link to our purpose and we must replenish our link to spirit. To do that, we must return. We must return now to our mountain and feed the lake. We must step into the darkness and touch the root of life, of hope, and of our deepest dreaming. For now is the time to restore your own well of well-being for the journey ahead. And only that restoration will give you what you need to bring the greatness of your heart and soul And humanity to the times ahead. I give thanks to the ancestors for being with us here today. And thanks for their deep teachings of the return of the mountain and the lake. I give thanks to the mountain. And I give thanks to the lake. And I give thanks to the part of each one of ourselves that knows the way back to the source. And I give thanks to the source. I give thanks to the earth below and for life and for the sky above. And I give deep thanks for the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.